Welcome to the Hunters Hub. Uh, this is your host, Fortwan, and we took a week off because um, people are sick and we're all stuck in our houses and we needed to figure things out. Anyways, <laughs> um, joined me, joining me tonight, co-host Morg Daddy. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I, I, I'm clean. I didn't get the horrible Cabrona like everybody else has been getting, unfortunately. I feel bad for those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, hey, gals. Yeah, yeah. Everybody seems to be locked inside. They can't do anything, but uh, just doing the best we can. We're going to try our best to entertain you guys. Hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, co-host Pam. Hey, guys. So today I left my house for the first time in weeks. Oh, my God. That is amazing. Yeah, it felt uh, today great. Today was the first day I didn't leave, actually. I, I... I did a quick beer run. I actually went out and got myself <laughs> some Rickards uh, Rad... Uh, oh, wait. Uh, you guys know what Rattler is, right? I don't. No idea. I'm super oh. into beer, but I don't know what that is. Oh, it is so good. It's like an infusion of grapefruit juice and beer. Oh, and screw that. It's, it sounds gross, but it is such a refreshing and tasty drink. You'll probably love it. I'm, I'm, I mean, deep, I'm deep into wheat beers and porters. Oh, those are really good. I love me a good wheat beer. Yeah. Yeah. If you like a mm. if you like a shandy, then I a Rattler not. is even better. Rattlers are like infinitely better. I think that uh, shandies, if you're gonna have a shandy, you might as well have a lemonade. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then Fortwan's just sitting there like baby Yoda sipping tea. Mm. I don't even like tea. I don't drink beans. I don't I don't drink. Uh, was it? I don't <gasps> drink beans, and I don't drink leaf water. Leaves, yeah, leaves. You you don't the, like bean juice? No, I'm sitting here with my Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Like, I like me so some a bit good of, bean juice. Mm, that reminds me, yeah. Juice. So a friend of mine is super into like you know, body purity and being careful about what he puts into himself and stuff. Oh, no. Is he one of those guys who's like, this is my temple? I have to look after it. Kind of. I Mm. thought so. But at the same time, uh, he's a small business owner, and uh, he's, Mm -hmm. like, super busy all the fucking time. And whenever he would come to D&D night, he'd slam back at least two or three monsters. Oh... (sighs) Yeah, I made the mistake of pounding back five in a row, and I had the worst eye twitch imaginable. Oh my god, never drink five monsters back-to-back. I, it's the worst I have do. never actually had monster. I avoid energy drinks. Same here. It's just pop. See, yeah. like, I had, I had, like, um, I would call it a shot worth of Red Bull, except I was, like, 14 or 15 at the time, so, I, you know, it was not a shot. Oh. But I had about mm-hmm. a shot worth of Red Bull when I was 14 or 15, and it gave me heart palpitations. I have not touched oh. an energy drink since. Oh, my God, yeah. If that much it's... will give you a palpitation, yeah. A full one will kill you. It probably mm-hmm. would. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy going around the college campus uh, giving out samples of Red Bull, um, and he gave me one. It was these tiny things. I tried it, and uh, I just took one sip, and I just made this real big frown. I uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. It doesn't this taste is like, good. 
Yeah. It's like spicy cough syrup. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> yeah, it, See, it, does, it just doesn't taste good. This was like right when Red Bulls came out. I think I was about 14 or so. Like, you know, when Red Bulls very first came out and the energy drinks like hit the market mm. and were the cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried one and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I get that. Well, uh, we had a change of plans tonight. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about strategy RPGs instead of action RPGs. Um, we decided to take some time, extra time on uh, ARPGs since it's a, a little bit more of a difficult topic for Morgan Pan here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, We've never played any. I've only got <laughs> like maybe three on the list, and one of them I really do not want to talk about. Path of Exile. I hate that game. But yeah, I think it it deserves some talk. Even though we both were kind of down on it in in our side quest on it. Morg, yeah. Um, I think it does some things that are worth talking about. Yeah, still. it would at least be worth an honorable mention, even though I I mm. hate it down to its core. But I mean, it probably would end up on the list just because it is one of those games that there people there's. Unique things to it that maybe we don't like, but other people will, is, mm-hmm. is the point. Um, so anyways, uh, so we're going to talk about strategy RPGs tonight. Um, and before we get started on what those games are, we need to sort of define what a strategy RPG is. Um, so Pan, I think uh, I think you're the most versed in this genre between us three. Um, so do you have uh, some ground rules for us? I do, and I've been thinking about this uh, ever since I kind of jumped in the voice chat, and I've been chatting with you the last, like, half hour. So, yeah. um, strategy RPGs. So, first I'm going to break down the RPG part, because that's the easier part. You have defined mm-hmm. characters, and they have stats that eventually go up with experience. And that kind of fits into our previous definition of RPGs way back when we did Western RPGs. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the strategy part. So you and your band of distinct characters whose stats go up uh, must... Mm-hmm. Usually it's a war simulation type thing or a battle or whatever. But you must uh, right. act as a, as a strategist or... I'm trying to think of what the word was in Fire Emblem. They had a word for this person. It, whatever. Mm-hmm. In XCOM they're called the commander. You are the person hmm. who directs the, your little band of warriors or what have you around a map so you can fight the enemy. Right. So you have a map that you must direct your characters around in order to uh, achieve your goal or fight your enemy or what have you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are my two uh, basic definitions. It does not have to be turn-based, but most of the time it would be. And I'm not aware of any that take place in real time, but I'd be interested if there are. Okay. Yeah, and I agree that it doesn't require a turn-based approach. Um, however, um, the only thing that comes close to this, I would say, is maybe Dragon Age Origins um, or Dragon Age 2. And I was thinking um, about that when I was uh, making up this list because uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which is basically proto-Dragon Age, made by the same studios and all that, has very mm-hmm. similar aspects. It t- does take place in real time. Unless you're, like, slamming down the space bar every couple seconds, which does turn it into a turn-based right. thing. Yeah, and, but I, I think the problem is that um, one of the definitions that I have uh, 
I, I, that I have a problem with looking at Dragon Age is you're not really playing a commander. That is, you, you're playing one of the people, and they're commanding the other people. Ah. And I guess that is that, that is viable, I would say. I think that is, because like, um, even Shepard does this in Mass Effect, yeah. where Shepard is the commander, mm-hmm. but you're also playing Shepard. Um, I, see, I see what you're saying. So there is an avatar character in the games that you just described, but that would not necessarily yes. be in the strategy RPG. There's no avatar character. Oh, right. okay. So no avatar characters in particular. So you have to be like sort of like a third party element almost, yes. like where you're interacting with everything, but they're not aware of you. Right. And in in all of the games that I'm going to talk about, well, there is one of these th- that it does have an avatar, but it's not it is certainly not in the action. It is certainly turn-based, and you are certainly commanding all the troops. However, it is under the guise that one of your avatars is the one telling the other people what to do. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't, I don't think an avatar disqualifies the game. Um, I just don't. I, I don't see how the Dragon Age and Mass Effects are strategy RPGs because. You're you're more you have to react faster instead of actually setting the time to you know what I mean the strategy part you're yeah. you're less on the strategy and you're more on the action yeah yeah that yeah because in that case then I could have easily put like Star Wars Republic Commando on there because you're playing as like a, the the team leader of the Deltas you know. So, right. because you're giving them, you know, uh, commands, like, you know, you're you're giving them certain roles to execute, and then you're entering in as, like, a SWAT team, almost, for um, yeah, clone troopers. Yeah, I mean, Rogue, Star- Rogue Squadron could be the same way with with uh, ships. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a more of a flight simulator than anything. Um, okay, so... Uh, uh, I guess we should just go ahead and get started. Um, I think we'll have a pretty decent mix-up tonight. I don't think anyone has like everything that everyone else has. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my entries is a game that everyone has played, but we'll see. Okay. Well, yeah, I, mean, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that one of mine is pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, same with mine. Mine's, mine's, mine's an obvious choice. Okay, so, uh, Morg, let's start with you tonight. Yeah. Where, where are we going to go? Okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to go for the obvious choice. Actually, no. Go no, for the yeah, obvious! We're, gonna go for, we're going for the obvious choice. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Woo! Yep, that's the one that I thought was obvious. <laughs> here's this... Uh, wait, uh, um, here's my, my shameful admission. Uh-huh. I've never played a Final Fantasy Tactics game. And I that's don't okay. know why. That's okay, there's only one good one. Yeah, they're there's only good. one good one. Don't do the Game Boy Advance one. It's stupid. Um, oh, okay. Well, go for it, and uh, I will just nod and smile into my mic while you guys talk. <laughs> um, so it's Final Fantasy Tactics, Square Enix, obviously, because uh, mm-hmm. it's Final Fantasy. Um, this was in 1997. Yeah. It's so go ahead, Morg. Tell us a little bit about why Final Fantasy Tactics is a game that we suggest. <sighs> I feel like it really set the archetype for this kind of a genre. I mean, like, you've got, um, you've got the the, oldest on my list. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's one of the oldest ones in the, in, in the genre. Um, a lot of, uh, games, like, modeled after it, like, for example, Pokemon, uh, Conquest, 
very closely resembles this game, like, in the fact that you have, like, you know, a certain, ro like, a small roster of characters that do level up as you're going through uh, the game. Um, it's, it is grid-based, but it also has, like, sort of a third-dimensional plane with elevation, so, like, you can, like, attack people, like, you can, like, kite people up, like, stairs or whatever. Um, it, it's, it's the same, um, like, typical, like, brawlers, spellcasters, and what have you from, like, Final Fantasy, but it's, like, third-dimensional grid turn-based kind of style of fighting game. Uh, or strategy mm -hmm. game, I should say. Um, it... The, I'll admit, the Game Boy Advance one was the only one that I played realistically. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I do not regret my statement. <laughs> I don't, don't. Don't worry about it. You know, that's really the only one I ever really played, and that was the last one yeah. that I ever played. Um, I kind of enjoyed it, but then I kind of drifted towards other games that were a little bit a little bit different. Or at least they feel, felt a little bit more fleshed out. Um, I like now. Yeah, uh, imagine taking a beloved game that everyone likes, like Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah. and then giving it a G rating. That's what Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced was. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the best one, but it was one of the earliest ones. So I mean, like a lot of the earlier versions of like these styles of games, where they're just kind of like branching into them, they're not going to be perfect. I mean, like, later versions of them are obviously going to be polished because they're going to look at what worked, what didn't, and improve upon what what they knew, well, you know, could be possible. Morg, the Game Boy one came after the PS1 one. Banging my fuck? head against the table. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Oh my what god. Was that? Okay, hang on just no, a second. I think I remember reading something a few weeks ago saying that Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was one of the most highly rated Game Boy Advance games ever. I hate so it. I want it to was know really I want good. to know what you two hate about this or what Fortuan hates about this. Because I'm curious. Uh, I never played it because so, for reasons I will get into later. But I uh I am very curious. Okay, so Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, or the War of Ivalice, right, is is another the War of the Zodiac or something like that, was an interesting game. It was the first one of this genre that I had ever played. Um, and then, like, it sounds good. Like, oh yeah, let's play it on Game Boy Advance. Well, what ends up happening is it's this very um, it's like it's a Final Fantasy story. You know what I mean? Okay. It's very um, dramatic. It's very blah blah blah. You get the advanced one, and it's literally kids throwing rocks and snowballs at each other, and then getting teleported into the world of Ivalis. And then it, it, I really don't like when real world mixes with fantasy world and then comes back, as we'll see in the Monster Hunter movie later this year. Yeah. That can only be a train well, wreck. Right. I, I don't want to think about the Monster Hunter movie. Like, that's... <sighs> okay, so now imagine... Imagine the Monster Hunter movie premise that we are just so against is what they did in Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. I'm so sorry. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, like, don't say that. That that hurts. Like, that, that I know the bad... Monster Hunter movies. It's going to be an immediate heartbreak before you know anybody's ever even watched it. We all know it's going to be shit. But I mean, like to say that about Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, that was a bad combination of words. <laughs> like, wow. Like it's, but it's yeah. 
it does it's the same premise of of real world people being teleported into the video game and then dealing with the world of the video game and then coming out just set it in the video game world that, Don't that is a very pick one. yeah I'll, I'll admit that is a very japanese theme for, for you know, for them to go about, like I don't know how many different styles of anime have it where there's a pro tag that's from the real world that gets transported into the video game and then becomes like you know an epic hero at the very end of it. But I mean, like Digimon, Digital Monsters, Digimon, Digital Champion, Digimon, Digital Monsters, yeah okay yeah we all love that show yeah. i watched I'm it sorry, Steve. religiously on ytv um okay but yeah anyways um <laughs> so digimon was something i switched to after my mom decided pokemon was satanic so i dove uh, deep into it we all uh, wanted a Greymon when we went for agumon okay you know nobody expected when they were got the the playstation game to expect, like, you had to take that little guy to the toilet, or otherwise he would turn into a little green uh, monster that ate poop and okay. then farted for its main attack. Very Two dumb. Things. Very Two dumb. things. One, the poop monster would turn into Teddy Mom, which was the strongest one. I remember the little Tamagotchi pet things. I had, like, five oh, of yeah. them. Two, Tyrannomon, greater than Greymon, fight me. Ooh. Ooh, the red one? Yeah. Yeah. Red is better than what? orange. Well, what about Mummy Mon? Mummy Mon was not bad. Mummy Mon was not on the little Tamagotchi things. Mm. But we're getting off topic now. But yeah, anyways, uh, I don't know. I, I like Final Fantasy Tactics. It's different from, you know, the, the normal Final Fantasy themes. Like, um, it's surprisingly okay. toony and Are colorful. you talking about really Advance? You're talking Final Fantasy Tactics? Because there's two different games. They're entirely two different yeah, games. Yeah, I might be talking about the one that I know the most about. <laughs> Um, that's fine. You don't that's have to totally agree fine. with it. We um, yeah, yeah, you don't have to agree with that. It, it, there's a certain special place for it in my heart. I won't discount it. Obviously, you like it. That's just my own... I don't like Advanced, but I like the original tactics. Um, so, Advanced, uh, you still have the job system. You still have the classes, right? Um, basically, so we're going to be talking about kind of two games in the same we'll probably just we'll label it as final fantasy tactics and advance can be part of this uh, on the list yeah if we so choose um but basically the premise of this is that you take average warriors aside from story characters story characters have their own unique classes and abilities and whatnot yeah um but you your general army is like general hired warriors or ones that came with you that can be any job as long as you switch them into the job Right. Um, with required level up or skills in certain things, which are pretty arbitrary. Uh, one of the things is you can get a single character in the PS1, the original Final Fantasy Tactics at least, to be a member of every class at some point. That is possible. Uh, and master every single technique. Um, job points is how you level up uh, classes, which is a it's just like experience, except if you're using your skill in a certain class, it's a job point. Mm -hmm. um, the stories are wildly different. I don't think we can pair them, compare them that well. Uh, the War of the Zodiac stuff was a lot about... Uh, it actually got me into astrology for a little while. Or, yeah, astrology is right. right the Cancer yep, Virgo that's astrology. stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it plays heavily on on that um, because weaknesses of like, oh, you know, a cancer is actually really good attack wise against another cancer or something like that, and you actually had to put in people's birthdays to see what sign they were and kind of thing, um, and it dealt heavily with those themes and personalities and kind of stuff. It was actually kind of decent and really cool. I don't, I didn't get any of that out of advance. So Morg, do you have any more comments on advance that we may not know about? I only have one question for you. Okay. Uh huh. What's your horoscope? <laughs> my horse, like my sign. Yeah. Uh, I am a Capricorn. Goat fish. <laughs> uh, yep. That's a good one. I am a Scorpio, so yes. Born under a Leo moon, so yes. Gentle, but thorough. Right, yeah, there's all sorts of... Your sun sign, your moon sign, yeah. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. There's not really much else that I can really add to it, other than the fact that Final Fantasy Tactics um, Advance... It was a very different game. It felt very <gasps> cartoony. It was very colorful mm-hmm. and bright, and it was oddly enjoyable for me. Like, I know that there are a lot of people that are going to be put off by it. They think that it's a little bit too jarring, but it's honestly, it's one of my favorite games for sure. Okay. And I'm not going to discount you liking it. It's just something I didn't enjoy. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no problem I, with that. I put it down within the first maybe 20 minutes, whereas I loved tactics on the ps1 mm-hmm. all right um cool so pan what's something on your list well real quick um mm-hmm. because of morg's question about your uh, zodiac sign i looked up my Chinese yeah. zodiac sign i am from mm-hmm. the year of the snake which is effing hilarious <laughs> i'm a rabbit because my I'm a rabbit. my username is a snake taxonomy pun yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I'm I'm very amused by that. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a rabbit only because of the Chinese New Year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move on um, from that, and I will talk about. <laughs> sorry, I, I was very amused by that. And I had to say it. Um, but uh, I'm just gonna mention the most basic bitch uh, art tactical RPG I can think of, and it's Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And by Fire Emblem, I mean Fire Emblem, the Binding Blade, I think is what it's called in Japan. I don't know. It's that Mm -hmm. one that came out on Game Boy Advance. Okay. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I have two Fire Emblem games. Sorry, I just cut out there for a second. Yeah. I have two Fire Emblem games on my list. I got Fire Emblem and I got Fire Emblem the Sacred Stones, both of them on the Game Boy Advance. Um, Mm -hmm. but Fire Emblem... Uh, there's a little bit of a special story there, and uh, I have giant nostalgia goggles for Fire Emblem. It's just, it was, it's been one of my favorite games uh, since I was about 14 or 15. Okay. Uh, have either of you two played uh, the, the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games at least? Quit. No. My my experience with Fire Emblem, which I actually have one on my list, um, my experience with Fire Emblem was... Uh, exactly two battles of Radiant Dawn on the GameCube. Okay. Um, where I got this girl who had this quest to save her father to join my party, and then she died forever. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't my game. And <laughs> <laughs> I put it down. I, I uh, cannot find a copy of Radiant Dawn. <laughs> 
I know where one is, uh, however, and a physical copy too. However, I am not spending the $180 that the store exactly. is asking for it. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's another one where, like, with Pokemon Conquest, where I really want a copy of it, but it's just too damn expensive on the internet. Anyways, more. have you played uh, either of the Fire Emblem Game Boy Advance games? No, I have not. I've never touched a Fire Emblem game in my life, and after what they did in Smash, I never will. I will never touch a Fire Emblem game. That's and a shame. Too, too okay. many swordsmen in it. So I'm going to go on a rant about, or not a rant, but a, a, we're going to talk about Fire Emblem because I've got just this this wonderful story about it. So me being 14 years old um, and seeing like the the trailers for Fire Emblem, which by the way, if you should, if you've never seen the trailer for the original Fire Emblem on Game Boy Advance, go watch it. It's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted a Game Boy for Christmas that year, and I like. Starting that summer, I really wanted a Game Boy, and I kept telling my parents, I want a Game Boy for Christmas, you know, being 14 and all. September that year, our house and everything we owned burned down. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you saying this happened. Yeah, so, like, I had, like, literally nothing. I had, like, all my stuff burned up. And uh, that Christmas, Mm. I got a Game Boy Advance, and I got a copy of Fire Emblem. And that was the... It was your saving grace, yeah. That was the only video game I owned for, like, two and a half months. And Ooh. what a video game. Holy shit. <laughs> At least it was a good one, right? right? Instead of the shitty one that I have to play because it's all I got. Yeah, yeah. no, no. It was it was amazing. Um, so, since you two, neither of you two are really all that familiar with the Fire Emblem series, it is everything you imagine. I am with uh, one of them. Which one? Th- but go ahead. Three houses. Okay, so three houses. That's the one that's on my list. Three houses a little bit further down the like interpersonal relationship rabbit hole than I like in my Fire Emblem. Uh, I'll have things to say about okay. that when we get to it. But yeah. it's it's very much just this RPG about like you are the tactician. That was the word I was trying to remember earlier. You are the tactician, mm-hmm. and you are supposed to help this army like guide it through like all these battles to. Uh, mm-hmm. God, I'm trying to remember the plot now. Yeah, so there's this evil necromancer that's, like, trying to take over the world, and you're trying to stop him, and that's more or less the plot. It's more detailed than that, but it's it's a prequel to a game that was released in Japan and has never been released in the U.S., and mm. I've got this, like, let's see, it was released in 2003 by which studio here? I did this homework mm-hmm. for you and looked it up for you. It was released by Intelligent Systems, uh, published by Nintendo, of course, mm-hmm. in 2003. Yeah, right. Right. And um, um, it was a prequel to some other Fire Emblem game that's never been released in the West. And uh, I've got this, like, 17-year-old, like, sensation of blue balls because I don't know what happens in the sequel. <gasps> oh, no. Okay. And I, I hate it because of that. But I also love it because I, like... There's just so much, there's always, like, different, like, character interactions to explore and everything. I've never gotten all the character interactions in this Fire Emblem game, and it's really tough to, because it's really tough to get the character interactions in this, in this one. Sure. More rudimentary, I bet, even. Yeah, it's more, they definitely polished it up for Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, and I don't know where they polished it up after that, because I haven't bought any Fire Emblem games since Sacred Stones. Because I've heard about some of the, like, more, it's... 
I don't know. I like this for the, the chess game that it is and not as much the interpersonal relationships, but the interpersonal relationships are like sprinkles on top of the Sunday. Yeah, I get that. I don't I don't want a Sunday made of sprinkles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyways, the, the original Fire Emblem for Game Boy Advance is, uh, that is one of my top uh, strategy RPGs and honestly one of my favorite video games of all time. Okay. Hmm. All right. So let's put it on the list then. Fire Emblem. Uh, do you want both or just the one? So, well, I got other things to say about Sacred Stones. Okay. The plot of it is better. Uh, for... Okay. It's, it's exact, almost exactly the same kind of game. They use basically the same kind of engine. But there's a, mm-hmm. there's some stuff that they added that lets you grind the characters, so that way you can get characters built up exactly how you want them. And that is way more appealing, like, to someone who wants to min-max. Yes, that's true. And it also, like, there's a way to cheese that grinding system, so that way you can get every character interaction possible. Because I, comp- I have fully completed mm-hmm. Sacred Stones. Because it's easier. Oh, wow. It's easier. I've gotten every mm. character interaction in Sacred Stones. And I will say that the plot of Sacred Stones is way better than the plot of original Fire Emblem. Mm. Um, like, the main antagonist of Fire Emblem Sacred Stones is, like, this prince who... His father dies, and he... Like, the week before his father dies, he has this, like, vision of the future where his kingdom is destroyed by, like, a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. So as soon as his dad dies, he, like, gets a necromancer to resurrect his dad so he doesn't have to deal with being the king anymore. So, like, his dad is... The the necromancer puppet corpse is the king still. And nobody knows that the king died. But the king, like, starts this crazy war to, like, conquer all the other kingdoms. And the, the eventual plan was, once the kingdoms were conquered, they could evacuate all their people before the natural disaster happened. But he's the antagonist. So you, the protagonist, are just like, what the fuck? This one kingdom suddenly turned hostile and started steamrolling everybody. We gotta fight back and liberate our people. Hmm. And then it's only in the epilogue that you discover what he was really trying to do. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's sad, yeah. but okay. So he's like a super sympathetic antagonist. And I love that. I, I love the plot of yeah. Sacred Stones. But it just doesn't have the giant nostalgia goggles of Fire Emblem, where that was like the most magical Christmas, where I got a game. It was actually a Game Boy Advance SP. Got a Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah. And Fire Emblem. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, my my brother got one of those when I got a GameCube. So. You got a game what? You cut out for a sec. A GameCube. Oh, nice. Yep, that was that was a magical Christmas for me. Although I didn't lose my house. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <laughs> no, uh, sometime when we're not recording for the podcast, for Tuan, I'll tell you the full story of that because it's uh, people don't believe me. <laughs> uh, okay. But we'll move on. We'll move on. Anyways, Fire Emblem yeah. and Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, both highly ranked on this list. But if I have to choose one over the other, I'd have to say. Sacred Stones is the better game, but I like Fire Emblem more. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so I'm going to go with what we were doing last time, is we're just going to put everything on here that we feel goes on here, and then maybe take things off if we decide later, and maybe it shouldn't be on Okay, That's sure. That's a good idea. So sure. we'll, we'll go with, a, with on the list versus off the list then going on. I think it makes for a 
more concise argument. Like, well, maybe, you know, we talked about everything. Maybe it doesn't hold up. You know what I mean? I gotcha. Uh, kind of idea. Um, so I'll just transition also keep on the Fire Emblem train. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses is the only Fire Emblem that I got into. Um, I had to play this on casual mode um, because screw permanent death. Um, That's something I I'm love. okay with it. And I love that about Fire Emblem is the permadeath. It makes you so paranoid about losing your characters. Now, I'm okay with permadeath if they don't matter to the story. <laughs> but, like... Uh, I'm, I'm serious, right? Because then it's, uh, so XCOM, you can have this, uh, like, this attachment to someone, but you don't alter the story by losing someone, usually, if I'm, if I remember correctly. Oh, by the way, Morg, uh, you were talking about one of the earliest, uh, one of the earliest games in the series being, Final, like, the genre being Final Fantasy. XCOM predates all this, it's in, like, early 90s, like, 91. Oh, um, wow, oh. Yeah. I know absolutely X- nothing about this genre. <laughs> it's okay. It's we all have relative experience. Don't worry about it. Um, so, uh, anyways, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I had to play on casual mode because, again, I don't like permadeath that well. But the reason why I don't like permadeath in this specifically is that you can lose a character. All right. So I lost this guy named Dadu, and Dadu would still be in the cutscenes. And I could talk to him, but he was technically dead according to the game rules. Oh, oh, okay. So uh, in <laughs> in uh, the two Fire Emblem games that I mentioned, mm-hmm. any character who is absolutely essential to the plot, if they die, mm-hmm. you get a game over. But anybody else, if yeah, they die, which, they know, never appear again in the cutscene. You know, right. that makes actual they... sense, because poor Dudu now is like a talking spirit to guide his yeah. yeah. No, he's still there in all the cutscenes. They react to him. So, like, um, there's actually a bit of a spoiler, because it's a newer game, but there is a point if... So, you have to choose a, a house in this game. You have to choose a faction, essentially. And the story, from what I know, is actually vastly different depending on which faction you chose. Um, so I chose the Blue Lions, uh, which is sort of like the knightly ones, because I like knights. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and Dadu is like, um, he's a person that's from a kingdom that was conquered by the knightly kingdom, by the Blue House, um, the, the House of the Lion. Okay. Um, and his people are hated because, um, like, whatever whatever they did they actually murdered the king and it's it's convoluted and whatnot but he's very pivotal to the story and the fact that he died i was like oh okay that sucks but he still shows up and there's actually a big plot point um that uh he actually like returns from like an absence and it's like how they obviously won't alter the story to to take to the fact that Dadu is dead. You know what I mean? So I actually restarted my save a good twenty hours into it um, to turn on classic, uh, turn off classic mode and go for casual mode um, because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for this game. Like it doesn't the mechanics don't hold up with what they're trying to do story wise. So that's why I kind of don't like 
permadeath in this instance. I'm okay with permadeath in a lot of other games, but this one, it, it's my personal opinion. It just does not work. However, I really do enjoy this game. I think it had a great story, um, which is pretty rare for me as you know morg morg i say this a lot i don't like a lot of stories and games yeah so, i don't blame you some of them are very um, convoluted unless you played yeah. legend of dragoon legend of dragoon was just awesome oh wait have you played? I probably wouldn't have liked that story i'm gonna be <gasps> honest like I, i'm pretty i'm pretty rough on like i can probably count on my hand the amount of stories i've liked in a game oh um, yeah you know what you probably would have hated mobufama at the very end he's he's a tough guy I don't know. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Mel Bufama is like the end game boss. He's got like a well, four. I mean, I got, got like from four the context. forms. Like the, the game is massive. It's it's about the same same size as like a Final Fantasy seven, I think, where it was like on multiple yeah. discs. I think it was like four discs. Now, one quick question before we get back on topic: Is this <laughs> the one where you got to make your own combos in the in the fights? Um. Well. It kind of followed the same formula. You did formula. button inputs. Well, you did. Uh, there's a lot of cutting out here. It's a yes or no question, Morgan. Yeah, sorry, I mean, like there was a lot of chopping in and out of that. Um, what was the sorry. question again? So, uh, th there's. Do you do combos when you attack, or do you just like button combos, like square, square, triangle, to do moves? Oh, or do you just oh yeah, attack? yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You so have I, to you have, have to execute certain button combination combinations, and they have to be in sync with. Um, with the uh, instructions on on the screen, so yeah, you you could fuck up a combo very easily if you press the wrong buttons at the wrong time. And I so believe this is the one I have played. Yeah, though. and I believe that there was okay. like a special item that you could get. It was a bomb, and um, it did like a certain amount of damage based upon certain questions that you answered. And if you answered them correctly, or the most honestly or truthfully, whatever it was. Um, that could impact the, the value of the damage of the weapon. And if you got the best mm. answers, um, the, the, the possibility of that bomb doing like a huge amount of damage, it was based upon how fast you could mash the buttons. And if you had a turbo controller, you were guaranteed to get the maximum potential for damage on that bomb. It was so funny. Um, yeah, I had so to nines across the board as usual. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, so back to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, so despite the permadeath kind of getting in the way of the storytelling, um, I actually really enjoyed this this game quite a bit. Um, it still has a lot of the rock, paper, scissors of like axe beats this and, and then sword beats this and lance beats this. Yeah. Um, and then you throw in magic and archers and flying and not flying. Like it's, it's just like the amount of like like it's like rock paper scissors extreme on the battlefield was really cool um and the battles were but the thing uh what pan was getting at with the earlier stuff like relationship stuff most of the game ends up not being the, about the battles it's about the story in between the battles and they're building the relationships and stuff that's exactly what i was getting at thank you for being uh, yeah. better at saying words than me <laughs> it's okay um <laughs> Um, so, like, the problem that I have with a lot of games like this, um, this even goes into something like Stardew Valley or something like that where they build in relationship systems into the games. I'm going to be entirely honest and open, and I don't yeah. care who makes fun of me about it. I really like romance. I like watching romance movies. I'm just that kind of person. I'm just a romantic guy. Hey, there's, um, there was nothing wrong with uh, The Notebook or uh, P.S. I Love You 
or The Time Traveler's Wife. They're all good movies. Okay, so the only rom-com yeah. I've ever enjoyed was um, Kate and Leopold. That also okay. is a great movie. That's a good one. Because yeah, no, it's a good it one. It's that perfect crossroads of time travel and Hugh Jackman. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman but, as a Duke from 1876. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But here's what I was gonna say, Ford. I can't diss on anyone for enjoying romance simulators. It's just the romance simulator superimposed on my war game that I dislike. Well, so here's what I actually have a problem with this part of the game because they do it so poorly. Um, So it's like, okay, I I don't know what it is about these kind of games, but giving gifts, like, yeah, sure, that is a, a, a form of love is gift giving, but like it's the only real way to increase relationship value in a lot of these games, including Stardew Valley. Oh yeah, no, that's where, that's a like, trope of farming games in general. And if we ever get into farming games, I I can just talk at you guys for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk a lot about Stardew. That, that that's the one I can talk about. Uh, but um, legit, so fi- yeah. Fire Emblem. If you like Stardew, you need to buy that Harvest Moon game I was talking about before we started the podcast. I heard a lot about how I, I will lots of good stuff. I will look into it for sure. I just it just like Stardew's the only one I got dude, into. Dude, I'll buy it for your birthday or something. You got to play it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, so the the fire emblem relationship thing it it follows a trope that I don't like of the gift giving and that kind of stuff. And the relationship part of it is is very shallow. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You get, get a like couple dialogue ABC options. Deer yeah. But like there are literally three cut scenes and two of them do not involve the other person you are interested in um, in Fire And that's it. Mm. And it's so just shitty. Like, um, well, it's like, hey, you get this like dialogue from your, your father in the game saying, hey, this was your mother's ring. She wanted you to have it to give to whoever you love. When she passed away. Sounds like a cool sure. moment. Oh, and then you what a you have a literal dialogue box that says, I might think about this girl or this guy. You know, if you're playing the girl. Yeah, of course. Because you can. Uh, and then what? later on, there's this some festival about of love. Hold on, Morgan's where confused. You're like, Excuse me. There are no homosexual relationships in this it's game? It's Japan, dude. I am not hold buying up, this hold game. Up, hold up, hold up. Morg. Whoa. I don't know Where's anything. my bromance where I need it? No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I I'm have, kidding. I know I'm asexual. Of, I have no gender preference whatsoever. I know nothing of Morg's <laughs> preferences, nor do I care. But Morg, <laughs> Japan is one of the most sexually repressed cultures on the goddamn planet, and I include Mormons in that generalization. Oh, God, you okay. don't have to tell me about it. There's, like, a, a waifu simulator app that you can get on your phone. I know. That no, literally, I don't need to hear this. Like, oh, my, it's so bad. Like, it, like, I'm not even kidding. They actually have programmed it to send text messages to the guys as if they were a wife, you know, doting Jesus on them Christ. while they're at work. It is fucking awful. Okay, well, Those poor people. Well, Morgan... Okay, um, so back to this. Kanji uh, <laughs> in, what was it? Perso- what, what, Steve, what? Okay, Steve's holding up four. Kanji <laughs> in Persona 4. My husband has played hundreds of hours of Persona 4. Kanji in Persona 4 broke new ground by being kind of, maybe, potentially gay. Mm. Oh. But also, oh, yeah, you go. 
character. But as a playable, potentially maybe kind of gay character. But then it turns out he was interested in this dude who turned out to be a chick, so he's not really gay. Oh. Oh, oh come on. So wait. That's he's... such a cop out. Yeah. No, <laughs> so he's no... into like a reverse trap? Well, no, he's into dudes, but there's this other playable character who is a girl who would rather be a boy, and Kanji is super mm-hmm. into her because she's extremely masculine presenting. Oh, that's mm. hilarious. So it turns out Kanji's not really gay because he wants to hook up with Naoto, who is a woman who wants to be a man. So he's into tomboys. I gotcha. Well, he's really, he's really so he, into so guys, he's... but he justifies himself by being into Naoto. It's got to play Persona 4. It's an amazing game. We're going to get back to tactical RPGs. Persona 4 is a tactical RPG. Yeah, let's yeah, do I, that. I was, I, I was getting there. Um, so the so you get, you're basically you're just picking, like, who who do I want to marry? Eventually is what yeah. happens. There's, like... And you do have to build up the relationship to a certain point with someone to do that, for them to be an option. Um, but then you do just sort of pick, Okay. Which is just sort of bad. Like, because I actually, through the playing of the game... I actually had three choices. Okay. And I was actually specifically trying to get one. So, Um, whenever you're done talking about this, I want to talk about the contrast between this and the Fire Emblem games I played, but keep going. um, So, then you get an ending cutscene, the game ends, and then you get married, and you get this little nice story about how you lived your life together, and you actually get an animated cutscene of, like, you actually asking her to marry you, and stuff it's not that bad but like it, it follows the relationship trope that i don't like it's sort of like yeah you're married and your love story ends sorry guys marriage is just the beginning like, yeah <laughs> it's, it's not the biggest cop out but yeah it's it, that's pretty yeah. bad because yeah marriage is it, it's something you have to actually but work at what i'm guessing that you're getting at pan to be fair it is more about a specific story and the marriage is sort of after the story anyway so so Okay, so in Fire Emblem, the when I'm saying Fire Emblem, I mean Binding Blade, Burning Blade. Yeah, the original one. Otherwise, I will say yeah. Sacred Stones. So mm-hmm. in Fire Emblem, I mean most of the uh, most of the character dialogue options are actual build up for the characters that are in the the game that was this game was the prequel to. So mm-hmm. once again, that's a, 17 years of blue balls I have about this, but. Um, the way it works is that if you have two characters who have the potential to have uh, support conversations, that's what it's called in the game, support conversations. Yeah, they still call it that in okay. three houses. So if you have two characters that can have a support conversation, if they spend one round of combat next to each other, their support conversation meter charges up, and different characters have different like levels that their support conversations have to charge up enough. And once they get to certain hmm. levels of support with each other... They uh, their stats increase when they are within so many spaces of each other. So yes, yeah, okay, yeah. So there's a super and tactical they, advantage to this. There, there, the same thing happens in in three houses where um, your the support conversations are actually between everybody. So everybody has a, re- a support level with everybody. Okay, that's interesting. So yeah, no, it can only happen between certain characters in Fire Emblem and in Sacred Stones. And for a lot of the times, right. like, it's kind of obvious pairings. Sometimes it's not. But, like, in Sacred Stones, two of the protagonists are twin siblings. So, mm-hmm. obviously, they're going to be close. Yeah, and it doesn't take very many rounds to charge them up. 
Uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, but, yep. so that, but like other characters, so, they are literal literal opposites. They have different. St- they have completely different like philosophies on life. They have completely different weapons. I think like one's an axe guy and one's like a super magic guy with no hit points, that kind of thing. But there's mm-hmm. like this philosophical conversation between them, and they learn to respect each other's viewpoints, and that charges up their support. Okay. And okay. at the end of the game, uh. Anybody who has A rank, because there's like C, B, then A, and A is the highest rank of support. And the more support you have, the better stat Mm -hmm. bonus they get. But anyone with an A rank and above gets a different epilogue based on who they had support conversations with. Now, for some of them, it's like they met a romantic partner that they got a, you know, support Mm -hmm. conversation. But like, there are a lot of literally bromances. No homo. Mm. Or like these two dudes became just best friends over the course of the war, and then afterwards they, uh, you know, did stuff together after the war. And again, it's it's setting yeah. up for the game that this was a prequel to, for Fire Emblem. Now, they they have a lot of this in Three Houses also, with the multiple, like, support levels with other characters. So, like, um, there was, like, your character, and then there's, like, the actual head of the house that is a different character. Um... That person had, like, relationships with everybody, obviously, but, like, the relationships he had with the other guys, which typically ended up being lords of their respective families, actually improved relations. Like, they talked about improved relations. So there was actually a snippet for almost every branch of the relationship tree. Like, almost every single okay. one was, like, at the end. Uh, and so it actually was a lot of different... I bet you there was a lot of different epilogue stuff. I just maxed all of mine out between everybody, and that's just by watching their conversations. And they were actually fairly interesting conversations and deep characters, all of them. And they did this not just for one house. They did it for all three houses, and there's actually relationships between members of other houses, oh, too. Good. Like, um, So it's super complex, but like the actual... like get it you know like having a relationship with somebody as a romantically is fairly shallow okay um see in the two fire emblem games i played you are a character because people do look at you and address you and talk to you but you're a non-character mm-hmm. you are just called the tactician and you do not have like a, a person on the map and you don't build up relationships um right but three houses you do you do have an avatar. yeah okay See, Baylith is their typical name. See, I don't think I would like three houses then. Because this is way more emphasized on the relationships. Where to me, the relationships should be corollary to the tactics and the fighting. Yeah, yeah the tactics and the fighting, they're still there. They're still important. Uh, they're very important, actually. But it kind of mixes with that persona of like, hey, you have this week to do this also. It's also a lot of time management and... You can do almost everything within the time. I actually had a pretty good system of getting everything down. It's just, it's a lot to deal with. I, I ended up liking the game either way, but um, there's a lot of outside of the battle, too. Like, it's not, um, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of extracurricular stuff outside of the, the core gameplay. Yeah. Um, we have spent a good, like, 30 minutes on this one game. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what's the segues, next one, Morg? With some segues, I'll admit that were my fault. But yeah, anyways, um, 
Uh, uh, it's all of us. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so for my next game, it's going to be Pokemon Conquest, which is basically a um, Nintendo DS copy of Final Fantasy Tactics, except it includes Pokemon. And, yeah, holy crap, this game was really, really good when I first played it. Like, um, it was a bit confusing because the evolutionary system for a lot of the Pokemon was completely different from, like, your typical uh, Pokemon game where it was mm -hmm. based upon, like, the, the actual t statistics of the Pokemon rather than based upon levels. The level? Um, okay. Yeah, and, like, uh, the the moves are more akin to kind of, like, you guys know how Pokemon Mystery Dungeon works, right? Where you would have, like, a certain list of moves that you could use, but they would execute differently from, like, a conventional Pokemon game. It worked in yeah. the same sense as that, only it worked in a 3D environment... And honestly, it was a really, really fun game. I just, I don't know how to describe it other than the fact that think of Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced, except everything is just a little bit more polished and you're using Pokemon, which makes it, your roster could be as big as however Pokemon exists in the Pokedex at the time. And this game came out in 2012 which means it was around the time of black and white. So you basically had over 500 Pokemon to choose from. Oh, nice. So you had the whole roster. Okay. Yes, you had... This sounds like an interesting game. You had 500 Pokemon that you could choose from to make a specific team catered to however you like to play. Granted, and you, what did you play this on? Um, I played this on the DS. Um, you could also play it on the 3DS. So it's a DS game? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a Nintendo DS. Um... Now, the cool thing about this, well, actually, the harder thing about this is that you actually had to beat um, the Pokemon in order to be able to get them on your team, which means that if you were underprepared and your team wasn't strong enough to be able to take out the monster that you wanted on your team, you probably weren't going to get mm -hmm. it. And some, in some cases, you're not guaranteed to get the Pokemon anyways. Like, sometimes you'll beat them and they won't join your team. Um, you had to beat, like, I think a certain number of them in order to be able to get them. And Dratini, oh my god. Even though they were a really amazing DLC Pokemon to get for your team, and they were very strong, mm -hmm. they were a nightmare to get because they were so hard. Like, they would thrash my team every single time until I finally caught one. And I'm like, oh, yes, now I can really mop the floor. Thrash back. It. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. and then it, it, um, it underperformed. <laughs> I was so upset about that. Uh, I was like, no, you were supposed to be my ace in the hole. And yeah. So essentially it is Pokemon in a tactical RPG sense. I think this sounds amazing. I would like to play it one day. It is quite fun. Like um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is basically Dungeons and Dragons with Pokemon in it. But yeah, this Final Fantasy Tactics, but Pokemon. Bigger roster. Okay. Way more fun. Good fucking luck okay. playing it ever. I've been trying to get a copy of it for years. <laughs> yeah, it might be one of those things we just wait for it forever and then never get it. Hey, hey, maybe. Because <laughs> it's Nintendo. Maybe I'll buy it with my Trump bucks. Uh, Fortuan, I, I could I could send it to you uh, via Express. I mean, you know, it's I mean, I think order. Pan wants it more than I do. You know what? I'll so. I'll lend her my copy and then you, she can give it to you once she's done. Okay. No, I legit may buy a copy just... with my Trump bucks. <laughs> Trump bucks. It sounds Trump bucks. Sounds like Trump steaks, and we all know how that turned my out. My Corona dollars. I mean, 
Corona dollars. The corona uh, dollars. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that got vetoed for now by the house, but I guess there's a new one. So politics. Yay. Wait, Corona <laughs> dollars. Is that like food stamps? Uh, so Moving on Japan, what's politics. another on your list? Uh, another one on my list is the next most basic bitch, uh, tactical RPG and it's XCOM enemy unknown. Uh huh. Okay. So this is the original XCOM with an expansion, right? I think that's, what enemy enemy unknown is, I, um, or is that just no, the OG? No, uh, the enemy within is the expansion, and I honestly did not play much of the enemy within. No, sure, okay. XCOM Enemy Unknown distinguishes it from like the XCOM from like 1990 that was on I think SNES. I forget. It was on PC. Oh, oh okay. my husband informs me it was on PC. But no. Yeah, it, it was PC. I mean, again, the one yeah. that came out in like 2006 or 2007. Hang on, I have it open in a tab somewhere. Oh, so the reboot. Yeah. Yeah, the one that everyone played okay. on on computer. Yes. Um, anyways, I have done... I, I say this, but I've never actually played Enemy Within. But I've done pretty much everything in base XCOM. It was awesome. Okay. Did either of you ever play that XCOM game? I played two um, and briefly. I So I have an idea of what it entails uh, to a degree. But um, I have seen... A uh, decent amount of gameplay, not a full playthrough. I've watched a lot, and I actually have a lot of friends who really love okay, it. Okay, so... Tried to convince me to play I've it. I've commented I, on games yeah. that I've watched other people play, so, you know, keep going. But also, more, yeah. what'd you say? Um, I know of it, and I've seen game footage of it, and I'm not interested in it at all. I just don't want to <laughs> play it. Okay. Yeah. So, hang on, I'm looking up the uh, the company that made it. Oh. Okay, so XCOM Enemy Unknown came out in 2012 by Firaxis Games. As my husband just chimed in, they also made Civ. Yeah. Okay, so XCOM Enemy Unknown, for those of you who are Morgue or those of you who have played Hidden Under a Rock, it is a game where <laughs> aliens have invaded the Earth and you are commanding, you are like the person in charge of this, like task force that is uh, going to fight off the aliens and chase them off of planet Earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the game consists of, like, most of the gameplay is you, like, commanding units around a battlefield. There's, like, three or four classes, and you're trying to kill as many aliens as possible. And your characters do level up, and they do, like, get names and, t and like, titles and all this other jazz. So it does count as far as, like, you have specific characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, it does. Yeah. So, you know, they, their stats go up, they have different stories, and if they die, they die forever. And then, like, you've got this, like, elite sniper who's, like, level 10. And then if he suddenly just freaks out during a mission and dies, then you have to level up a new sniper, and your team is way worse off than it was before. Ugh. But not only that, but also, like, the, the, if you fail a mission or you are less successful, then other, that, like, other countries will start, like, getting freaked out and they will want to back out of funding the XCOM project and you have less money to deal with the things you need to deal with. So. Um, so you know, Pan, uh, we were talking about GOG and how, uh, and how they have a sale going on right uh -huh. now. Um, the XCOM Enemy Unknown Complete Pack, which I assume complete... I have it. Uh, ha but thank yeah. you. Uh, that is $10 right now for listeners yeah. on... What? Yeah. I would buy it if I didn't already own it. 
Oh. Well. That's ten dollars. I don't it need to worry it about. It includes. It does include enemy within. Yeah, and the enemy yep. within stuff. Um, I I played it a little bit, but I don't know. It just didn't grab me the way that. I don't know, but it. I think it adds like psychic abilities for your soldiers. Mm-hmm. Hang on, my husband's shaking yeah. his head at me. He's played way more XCOM than me. Psychic abilities in the base game. Enemy within. Um, We're getting news live X. from. <laughs> XCOM update. Put them in a mech suit. Okay, so uh, uh so I, I forgot. I so forgot they to do push the, the, push the uh, uh, they do the Starship Troopers thing. Yes, um, or the Cyberpunk thing where they chop off their limbs or and give the them Titanfall. More, yeah, they give them more robot mm-hmm. parts. Okay, so yeah, so that is that is XCOM. Aliens have invaded, and you are the welcome to Earth welcoming party. Welcome to Earth. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then um, I will be picking. And then this I'll up. let you talk about XCOM Two. Here's the thing: I've watched my husband play a lot of XCOM Two over the last week and a half. Um, our our toddler, he likes sitting on his dad's lap and watching watching yeah. him play XCOM Two and screaming, "Die zombies!" Die zombies! Die. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cute. So my uh. My girls, they get into Doom, actually. Um, <laughs> that and is... they were like, kill, kill the demons. And I'm like, yes. Rip and tear. Yeah, Rip and that's, tear. That's, yes. that's how I am right now. So <laughs> you've probably played more XCOM 2 than me. Because I haven't played much XCOM 2. Oh, no. I rented it at a family video when I was like, uh, I don't know, 27 or so. And, uh, yeah, it was... No, well, no, no, twenty, more like twenty-four. But anyways, uh, yeah, I I rented it a while ago for my PS4. It wasn't like I wasn't that interested, and I ended up like just giving it back early. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Well, um, I am aware of how it works, and I have played a little bit, and I've seen playthroughs. Um, but it's 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 one of those things that there was a time in my life where we talked about permadeath, right? Because this is yep. a thing with the tactical right. RPGs. Is permadeath is a thing. Um, I was not comfortable with permadeath at that time. I have since become more comfortable with it, and and I am actually interested in getting back into the series because I, for some reason, I think it was Darkest Dungeon that really broke that oh. away. Um, I really like Darkest Dungeon, and I was okay with people dying in Dark and FTL. FTL helped helped FTL's that too. I think there's list. also another game. There's another game I know for a fact that uh, you definitely would like that involves permadeath. Well, real yeah. quick, so XCOM 2 is, I think, on the same engine as XCOM 1. Um, yes, And it they is. change a few mechanics, which sort of changes up the gameplay a whole lot. But from what I've seen, XCOM 2 is not all that different from XCOM 1. But nope. the plot is super interesting. For XCOM 2, yeah. I think it's 20 years after the events of XCOM 1. And mm-hmm. uh, the plot is that Earth lost. So... You lost in XCOM 1. And then XCOM 2 is... Alternate timeline like Zelda. <laughs> yeah. XCOM 2 is the future of Earth where the aliens won the war. And right. you are La Resistance. Trying to fight... Trying to kick the aliens mm. off of Earth. Okay. <sighs> um, I think XCOM is a solid entry. I'm just going to put XCOM... Because I don't have enough experience with two, but I know that two is 
just as good. Well, a lot of people like yeah. uh, just from general impressions. So we're just going to put the XCOM just right up there. Just XCOM sure. series. Uh, we'll put re remakes um, because we don't know about the old ones. Yeah. Um, uh, so XCOM and I'll put parentheses remakes. All right. Um, so I'm going to touch on a game that is a tactical RPG that is um, made by the same people that made FTL. And this is uh, Into the Breach uh, by Subset Games in 2018. God, I want to play that. Into I haven't the... played it yet. <laughs> also on sale right now. Oh, BRB. How much is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, for $8. Um, <gasps> Into, the... Into the Breach is uh, also on good old games. Uh, Into the Breach is a tactical RPG, the... but is also a roguelike. Into the Breach is on sale um, for You bucks. do runs. Oh, and the premise of the game is that humanity is in survival mode from an alien invasion by giant bugs. And you take three warriors and mechs to sort of stop the bugs, except things are getting bad and worse. So you are out there to not just protect citizens, but also take out the bugs. And you have various missions on each map to do. And there's a way to unlock more teams to play for new runs uh, by doing achievements and that kind of stuff. Um, this is a game, one of the few... So I got this on Switch uh, a while ago. I would say about it almost two years ago now. Or a year and a half, maybe. Um, I know I was playing it like in January of last year. Um, so maybe not a year and a half, but a little over a year. Um, but I fell in love with this game because, um, I like tactical RPGs in general. There is permadeath, but you sort of lose a run you have to start over anyways. Um, uh, the bug enemies are varied. Um, it is also different from other strategy RPGs because it is a game of near perfect information in quotations marks. Uh, and whereas... Um, a lot of tactical RPGs, you're kind of like, okay, he's standing here, and I have an idea of what this unit, this enemy unit, is capable of, either from experience or the game tells you or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that is not what they call perfect information. You don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, you will, on your turn, you will actually see the actual intent of the, whether the enemy is trying to do, uh, and you can choose how to stop them. Now... The interesting, another interesting piece of this is you won't always be able to stop everything that an enemy does unless you're lucky or you plan it out right, or sometimes you just won't be able to because of the odds. But um, you will see there's just a, uh, for instance, there's a wasp unit that attacks for a square in front of it. And you can see that that square on the next turn is going to get hit by the wasp. And they will not just attack you and your mechs, but they will also attack the citizens, which are buildings. And Aww. if so many buildings fall within a run, it doesn't matter if you survive. If so many buildings fall overall through all the battles, then you lose because you've lost too many citizens. Uh, and then uh, they also fuel your power grid, oh. which is like, like all sort. It's it's a little complex, but basically, you're there to stop the bugs from taking over the world. Uh, it's really fun. You get to you get to do some like fights with some really interesting monsters um there's boss monsters there's cool objectives like hey you'll get an extra power unit if you guys can protect this plant but it's a more dangerous mission because there's a super bug on this map um there's all sorts of cool like 
teams. Like, there's a team that... Um, so you got your basic team, which is like, okay, we shoot in the... We shoot here, and... I punch here, and it's just like basic unit kind of stuff. Then there's one, it's like, I deal with smoke that hurts enemies. And smoke sort of like obscures them so they can't attack. But like the smoke damages with this particular enemy type, or this particular team. You've got a team that deals with electricity and actually chaining electricity through chains of monsters and buildings and stuff. It's, it's like, there's a lot of varied gameplay within the different teams that makes it a lot of fun to sort of unlock them and do them all. Yeah. And then if you do everything, you unlock the secret team. Um, and the secret team's a lot of fun. And I won't spoil what it is, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. So, Into the Breach, I highly recommend this game. Um, it's really cheap right now. I actually just rebought it that not that long ago to replay on PC um, since I have a new beefed-up PC. Um so yeah, I heavily recommend this you, game. You may have just recently heard a bunch of clack clacking on my mic, or you'll see it when you get the sound file for this session board. <laughs> that was my mechanical keyboard typing in stuff so I could buy this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This yeah. actually, the fact that you just brought up like the whole idea of like a bunch of like giant insect monsters and the fact that you have to like shoot them down in order to be able to like save your uh, your colonies, I believe you said. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of an old show that people will probably have slept on. It is called Roughnecks Starship Troopers Chronicles. <gasps> now, let me tell you something. I love Starship Troopers. I love the movies and I love the book. So, I didn't get to play this. I would like to play Roughnecks at some More. point. But Starship Troopers... It is, oh, it is a phenomenal perfect. cartoon series. I, I loved yeah. it. So I'm I'm gonna go a layer deeper than Fort Juan because usually I'm able to go pretty deep on the Starship Troopers thing. But like, well, I've read the book. Ooh, I no, did. I did read, read the, the book. book. And here's the thing: I'm gonna go a layer deeper. I own many many books mm -hmm. by Starship Troopers' author Robert Heinlein. He he was he was an interesting was, writer. I'll tell was. you that. <laughs> he he was also my favorite sci-fi writer, bar none. And my husband. Oh, I'm oh. surprised he. He didn't turn to glare at me over that. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, no, yeah, Robert Heenley no. was, one of my, was my favorite sci-fi author, bar none. What a blast um, from the past. Yeah, no, Starship Troopers is is really cool, and it does it does fit the sort of Starship Trooper vibe. Uh, one thing you don't get from the uh, most popular movie, which is <laughs> the, the first one, uh, is you don't see the mechs. You don't see that until movie three. Um, which don't watch the other movies. I own them. Uh, I feel out of principle. Don't watch them. Um, this the first one is good. Mm -hmm. um, the first one's but a mechs were a big thing. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. I love it. I don't know how it got made, but it's amazing. Um, uh, with a very young uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Also, well, oh yeah. Uh, here's the thing, Fortwan. It got made. Because at the time, Paul Verhoeven was like the hottest shit in Hollywood, and the studio wrote yes. him a blank check. Yeah, that's how it got made. Yeah, I think that that's amazing because I'm glad it got made. Because oh man, did that movie not do well? No, but, <laughs> um, but it is it is great. So if you like Starship Troopers, also Into the Breach. Yeah, <laughs> I, I literally bought it while Fortwan was talking. 
Yes, it's it's an amazing game. Um, okay, so Morg, do you have another one? Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna keep it simple. I'm just gonna keep it to two words: massive chalice. Okay, moving on to Pam. Oh shit! I forgot. I don't know this game. I forgot I played that. God damn it! I'm gonna massive... have to explain this. <sighs> no, no, no. Okay, I'll, I got you, Morg. Yeah. I, I got you, and I'll, I'll do it. We quickly. gotta do it real okay, quick. Okay, so massive chalice is a tactical rpg that we're talking about here where you are playing um generations of people stopping an invasion horde over time Mm -hmm. so you are so you can have and you will often have people die of old age in fact there's a enemy unit that kills you by aging you Uh, yeah it is really bad i think they're called withers a uh, massive chalice is on PC, as far as I know. I don't think I played it on anything else. Um, not sure. You can get it on to... Mac because I was able to play it on the Mac. Nobody cares about Mac. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody does. That is also true. Yeah, that's why I can't uh, play half of the games is... I want. It is also on sale on GOG for five dollars. Oh my god! So, um, so yeah, so massive chalice oh, is it's by um, it's got interesting. Yes, it is by Double Fine. Um, I didn't have it on my list, so I didn't have the year and everything. But um, it's 2015. Uh, okay, released, so okay, released. yeah. So uh, here's the thing: the guy that made um, Brutal Legend made this. Yes. All right, I'm on board. Yes, I'm on no. board. Yeah, this is a phenomenal um, game. You have to sort of like build up towers and resources to sort of generate better units and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the the premise is that the chalice has two entities within it, or a single entity that has two personalities. I don't I don't know how to. Basically, the chalice, the ever travailing chalice, sort of empowers the people to be able to fight back the corruption. Um, so over generations, you as the overseer or the or the king, I think is what they call you. Uh, I think you are a male entity. Um, is I'm sorry, <laughs> just with the, the way the game toxic is toxic masculinity. Um, um <laughs> you are instilling. Uh, you are the one not only commanding the troops, but you are also telling who to marry who, so they can have offspring that give you. Tri- then those offspring can take over their kingdoms or be assigned to jobs to give you better equipment or upgrade your stuff or i love like or have children yeah yeah and it is very much or the children can be the fighters too and and there's certain jobs that will take them out of a fight um there's actually a really cool job and i can't remember what they are and if you more more remember go ahead and chime in but there's basically a dude that is the guy who trains everybody how to fight yeah. in the off time. Yeah. And he applies his experience and his abilities to everyone. Yeah. So if you get a super massive, like good fighter, it's actually a good idea to take them out and train them, um, to have them train the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some great mechanics in here, some great classes and that kind of stuff. Basically most of the classes, uh, boiled down to to three options there's basically an archer there's basically a barbarian type dude that has like a a battering ram Mm -hmm. for a weapon and then um, an alchemist sort of like these alchemists that throw things and then there's classes that sort of combine the two the combinations of the three yeah um that all depends on if you had a a basher marry an alchemist and they will have the basher alchemist get like an exploding ram which is so badass 
Right. And stuff like that. So like, it's all about genetics and that kind of thing. I think it's the brief way to go about talking about I this could game. Be all it's about really this good. Game. Yeah. Yeah. And it is also $5 right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so um, phenomenal. Like, it, honestly, sometimes I feel like it's kind of like how Game of Thrones should have been. Yes, it does have a Game of Thrones vibe because of the lineage and that uh, kind of stuff. I, I'm only allowed to buy so but it's many better. games. Yeah. I'm sorry. But we are in lockdown, so games is kind of what we have, yep, right? <laughs> that's that's what you're going to be spending your time on. That or, I don't know. Uh, oh, wait. No, yeah. Not everybody can drink beer. That's right. Oh, oh I certainly yeah. can. Or, uh, or the COVID baby boom. That's going to happen, too. Just watch. We're going to oh. have a new generation of boomers. Oh, no, no. The COVID boomers. No, no, Anyways. No. <laughs> uh, Pan, so what is the next game for you? I only have one more, by the way. So I have two more, and one of them is arguable. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So by okay. the, while we were talking about Into the Breach, literally right mm -hmm. now my husband is playing FTL. And that yes. reminded me, is FTL technically a, st a tactical RPG? That is interesting because it is sort of grid-based movement because of the rooms on your ship. Now, not technically, you can turn. It is sort of real time, though. I know that's why um, I'm like, is it? Eh? But you do play as an overseer. That is. That is. Ah, uh, well, this is an interesting one. So okay, so FTL, um, you you are controlling a crew of a ship. And they have different rooms that they are assigned to to help with the ship. You're mostly managing what the ship does and people are assisting in it. Because there's a lot of auto stuff with the ship. Uh, and you're actually targeting specific areas. And, um, man, and it's much more of a roguelike than it is a tactical RPG also. It's much more about the roguelike uh, tendencies than... than it sort of like flipped the scenario of roguelike mixed with tactical mm. between Into the Breach and you get FTL. Would you go the other way? The more roguelike, and less if, tactical. If you want to just call it a roguelike, I will. I will drop the matter, and we can scratch FTL off my list and move on to my other thing on my list. Ha I. <sighs> it's so hard. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think we can call that call it that because you don't have a lot of growth. Okay, I mean, you do have uh, growth, but not a ton. But like, and you're you're more leveling up. Well, you're leveling up skills. Yeah, that is an RPG. Like, well, like the guy in the shields room. All right. For example, the guy in the shields room at max level, you have an extra layer of shields when he is in the shields room. Huh. Yep. Or something like that. Yep. What, what is it? My husband is uh uh no. me. He's uh uh me. What is it that the shields the guy shields gives you? Fast. Your shields recharge faster. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the weapons fire, the weapons recharge faster. I've played a lot of FTL. Me too. Also. Um, I don't even know what the initials mean. I've never touched this game before. Faster than faster light. Than light. Oh. Jesus, Jesus than Christ, light. more. Yeah. It's like $4 every time there's a Steam sale. Oh my god. It, I might like, as well pick it up. <laughs> it, is, it is the best $5 I've ever spent. Uh, I actually own it on both GOG and Steam. Uh... And I was actually surprised they didn't have FTL on the Switch because they had they put um, into the FTL breach on there. FTL would be a great Switch but game. Screw it! it. I've got a fifty dollar card. Why not? I go, might as well yeah, buy I FTL. Might as well get it. Go buy FTL. FTL is now two dollars and fifty cents. Oh buy... my god! I have to buy. I could buy like what twenty copies of that. There's like, dude, yeah. you can't like. 
Um, there are so many ways yes. than that. Yes, that's true, including Baja. Okay, so are okay. Arizona iced tea still nice? <laughs> so FTL, I will say. Okay, yeah, that's the okay. exception. Go ahead. I will say that FTL is okay to be on the list, and I'm going to put it on there. Um, I don't really see a. It is a tactical. It is an RPG. Uh, it is just a lot more on the action than we're used to. But I think that's okay. okay. Um, because I because I think that both. Um, that, that I think that, um, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, the only reason why they're not on there because your gameplay is largely not focused on the combat. Right. Whereas this is largely focused on the combat. Okay. You, you, you get yeah, what I'm I do. saying? I do. I do. Like, I think that's the distinction that sort of flips okay. the switch for me. So do we want to discuss FTL at all? Or are we just going to be like FTL, yo, everybody except Mork has played it. I think I gave a brief description when we talked we first talked about it where you're managing the ship and that kind of stuff. You're basically you're you're managing a ship running from a federation and you go to nodes to sort of like explore like is it safe to go here and you got to build resources and build up your ship to be able to face the federation. Yeah. And then at the end there's this giant fuck off federation ship that you got to fight. I have maybe completed two runs and have been playing this game for like 15 years. I minutes. have oh my God. I have like, beaten it 6 times. It's it tough. Is. It's a lot to me. It's a lot more tough than Into the Breach. Yeah, it's tough. Okay, so then we're gonna move on from FTL, and I will talk about my last game, Shadow mm-hmm. Run Returns. Okay, so like the tabletop RPG of Shadow Run. Yes, except it's a video game version. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm listening. So okay, so for Morg, are you are you familiar at all? Uh, which with with which game? Shadow Run. Shadow Run. Shadow Run. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm so out of my element here. <laughs> uh, by the way, just real quick, are, are you are you out of your list, Morg? Um, I have uh, one more, but I mean, like, it's up for debate which one this could be. Um, sure, we'll we'll get to it. Let, let her finish with Shadow. I just wanted to know if you still have. Okay. Yeah, I've only got one last one, and then I'm done. Okay. Okay. So stop me if I'm wrong here. Because it's been mm-hmm. a while since I played Shadowrun, but I did enjoy it when I played it. Uh, the premise of Shadowrun is that you are in... Um, imagine if D&D had a f- cyberpunk future. Basically, is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So you have all these That's... fantasy races, and, all, and there is magic and stuff, but it's also the cyberpunk dystopian future. Mm-hmm. Carbine jungle? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a sci-fi. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a tabletop RPG, but okay. it's sci-fi based. Okay, and mm. so Shadowrun Returns is you are uh, some hackers doing some like corporate espionage and stuff. My husband yeah. isn't glaring at me and shaking. As hackers he's played do. way more Shadowrun than I have. Not... Sounds like he's played a lot more than you have in general. <laughs> okay, so not really correct, but I play fine. my I play my farming simulator games and my Crusader Kings too. Okay, that's true. Yes, you have talked about Crusader Kings quite a bit on the show. Um, <laughs> and I play my Animal Crossing lately. But anyway, Shadowrun Returns. Um, yeah. So you are like, you got your like gun guy, and you got your hacker guy, and you got your sword guy, mm-hmm. and you got your mage, and you're just trying to like sneak into the corporate headquarters and steal the information or what have you. And one of the interesting things they do 
Which is something that the cyberpunk RPG tries to pull off, but they don't because it's a tabletop RPG versus a video game. Sure. But one of the things that Shadowrun Returns does is that your hacker guy, like, for every round of combat that happens, the hacker guy gets, like, two Mm -hmm. or three rounds to themselves because the hacker is moving at, like, the speed of computers rather than the speed of people. Ah. Okay. So, by the way, if you ever play the cyberpunk uh, tabletop RPG... Just ban hackers, because the thing is, is that hackers get, like, ten rounds to themselves for every round that everybody else gets. Uh, mm-hmm. it sounds unfun. Yeah. so you party. either have a party of hackers, or you have one hacker in your party, and they just steal the game for, like, an hour. Oh, gosh, it sounds I terrible. I mean, this, this system was made in, like, 1992 or something. Okay. I mean, D&D did a better job in... 68. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> snap! Well, there's there's a lot to like about the cyberpunk tabletop RPG. Sure, no, I I, I gotcha. No, there's there's good things and, about it. Yeah, and saying, there's a reason yeah. it works in the single-player RPG on the video games versus a tabletop mm-hmm. RPG. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting where, like, the hacker can have their couple rounds of doing hacking, and that can affect the, t- the what's going on in the rest of the combat, or the rest of the, um, I would call it the board, or, you know, the scenario. Right. Battlefield, there we go, Battlefield. Uh, and then things on the battlefield can affect the hacker, but the hacker gets a couple of rounds where everybody in the physical meat space gets, like, one round. So that yeah. is that is an interesting take, but I also super like the premise of fantasy cyberpunk dystopian future. Okay. So Shadowrun Returns. Also, all right. And what is this it is on? It's on PC. Um, I okay. think it's on sale during Gog's sale. I I think I saw that earlier. Let me double check that. Three versions. Oh, there's three versions. What are the three versions, Steve? Shadowrun Returns, Shadowrun Dragonfall, and Shadowrun Hong Kong. Okay, and what's the best? Probably Dragonfall, but they're all fine. Shadowrun okay. Returns is the one. Okay. Um, Hong Kong is for five dollars. Uh, Dragon Falls for three seventy four and three seventy four for Shadowrun yeah. Returns. And if I recall, if I recall <laughs> correctly, the plot the plot of Dragon Fall is that like the CEO of this mega corporation, because of course there's a mega corporation in the cyberpunk dystopia. The CEO is a dragon. Yep. Because dragons hoard money. Naturally. Mm. So, and, like, I think there's, like, something that happens that, like, the CEO of this mega corporation who's a dragon, like, dies, and it causes all kinds of crazy cyberpunk awful things. I'd like to see a D&D um, equivalent to A Christmas Carol, where Ebenezer Scrooge is just a red dragon that's all scrum, you know, scrunchy, is all like, humbug, spits fire at people, and just be like, Morg? yeah. Morg, talk quieter, because my husband plays at my D&D table, and I'm totally doing that. <laughs> oh my god, you're doing a Christmas campaign where everybody <gasps> I'm going to. I'm going okay. to now. <laughs> I mean that that's so my, my brother did Santa Claus, which was a Velociraptor with a Santa's bag. Yeah, that was that was fun. That that was his Christmas campaign. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh I think there's um what is one of those websites? It's not the DM's guild. Um, there, there was, like, some sort of a site where you can go to where you can actually, like, get a Christmas, um, 
campaign. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, I can't remember. I think uh, the creature's name was called Saint Aclos, where it was like a mm-hmm. uh, a mind flayer dressed as Santa Claus, and you had to like try and stop him from ruining Christmas by going into people's houses and eating their brains. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. It's okay. just, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. Okay, so we have FTL, Shadowrun Returns. Morg, what is your last one? And then I actually, because of what you guys were saying, I actually have two. Okay, yeah. So, uh, my last one is Blood Bowl 2. Oh my god! Oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, real quick, fantasy football, and then not as in like, well, yeah, Canada fantasy football, because you're drafting and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. With orcs, elves, dwarves, whatever you want to do. We also did a side quest on this game. How am I forgetting the games we did in side quests? I, I like, don't know. Wait, like, but I mean, like, having have... fantasy oh. football with a fantasy setting for football is just... <laughs> it's phenomenal. Okay. I love it. So, the, the orc team that I played, and goblins can do this too, this is, this is the selling point for all of this game ever. You can have your front lineup be a troll that picks up a goblin... That gets the ball thrown to the goblin. You throw the goblin with the ball, and he runs into the touchdown for a one-turn score. Mm-hmm. This is a thing, and I have I, done it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I forgot about Blood Bowl. It is such. Yeah, uh, Blood Bowl is so good, and it is. I role would probably play. suggest Blood Bowl two. Yeah, uh, Blood Bowl two actually does a lot better than Blood yeah. Bowl one, except Blood Bowl one has more race options until recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, yeah, being able to play as the coach to try and get good sponsorships and then also to try and build up your team. And, yes, your characters do, like, your your players do level Dealing up. with injuries. Dealing with injuries death, and permanent all death. All that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Death. <laughs> Penalties. Death. No, I'm serious. Yeah. There is permadeath. You can, have, like, have this, like, beefy orc that's on your front line and just bashing all the other players. Because that's what you do is you attack people instead of, you know, letting them through uh, uh, and kill them. Um, but he can he can die, and you'll have to hire a new player to fill his spot. Yeah. Like, permadeath is a thing. This also helped me get through the permadeath, uh, sort of like problem that I had. This game and um, my Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. On yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? It's such a good game. I honestly love that game quite a lot. Okay, Blood Bowl two. I think we all know what that is, really. Yeah. Um, so for listeners, it's playing a turn-taking football game as orcs yeah. and elves. Yeah, it's 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 a football game with fantasy races. And football is an American football. Yeah. So for people outside of the U.S. Extra blood sport. <laughs> Go team lizard yes, men! Ex- right. Yeah, I love the lizard men. Um, I think my favorite team ever I did was the orcs on the PS4 version. Um, okay. Um, so I have two more, and one of them I'm going to do real quick. Uh, it's very much like your Shadowrun game, Pan, but um, I love the series Eye of the Beholder. Eye of the Beholder is actually not, it's a dungeon crawl, but the Eye of the Beholder for the Game Boy Advance was a tactical RPG done in uh, D&D 3.5 rules. Oh. So if anyone's familiar with D&D, D&D 3.5, where you go up to a max level of 10, I think. Oh. Uh, and you can have any race and class that was in the core 3.5 rule books. Um, it was actually really cool. It was very, um, it's very, if you're familiar with D&D, it's very, it feels very much like 3.5 D&D. There's a lot of spells, a lot of abilities that are there that are part of the base game. It's just um, 
more about the combat and less about out of combat. Yeah, I think everything is considered in combat, and you actually move your whole party individually through a whole series of the game. And you said this like, I don't was, think it ever stops. You said this was on Game Boy? Yes, Game Boy Advance. Uh, it was just called Eye of the Beholder for oh, Game Boy Advance. Oh, wow! Uh... I got it thinking it was the old dungeon crawl that I like that is like Legend of Grimrock we talked about yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was wondering ago. about that. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, that's what the old Eye of the Beholders was, was Legend of Grimrock, which I still haven't finished Legend of Grimrock. I got stuck. But Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'd, be, um, I'd be nervous about you and your mental health if you had finished Legend of Grimrock by now. Oh, now, I mean, I've been playing Doom more than anything lately anyways. And uh, I finished A Plague Tale also. Woo! So, yeah. I, I got to do a lot more gaming uh, for obvious reasons. But, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> um, so, okay. So, that Eye of the Beholder uh, Game Boy Advance. And then the last one, this is the one that is that I joked around is kind of, like, shitty. It's not. It's just, like, shitty PlayStation 1 polygonal. Um that uh so this is um uh monster seed uh <gasps> done by nk systems uh sunsoft games in 1998 and, and monster seed was a tactical rpg i don't frankly know the story that well you do play an avatar character who is trying to save a town but you have to keep delving into dungeons but um, you are a dude who keeps finding these seeds, or to me, they're more eggs, and you hatch them, and they are your units, and they do have permadeath, you can lose them, they have abilities, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about tonight, um, it's very, um, very rudimentary, um, basically, they have singular attacks. I don't think there's many different attacks. Like this monster does this kind of attack. Okay. And you're fighting other people with different monsters or fighting monsters. And one of the more common monsters is looks like a giant fat duck um, or like a chick or something like that. Like a giant baby chicken. Um, <laughs> like uh, the monsters are insane. One of the cool things though, is when you got the seeds or whatever, um, there is a monster, and now granted there are duplicates, but a seed has nine temperatures in which to hatch them. And th they'll be like one degree to nine degree. Okay. And there are clearly stronger monsters. And some of the stronger monsters come at certain temperatures. Um, so it was actually kind of cool to sort of discover which monsters comes out of which temperatures. If you just look it up, you're kind of spoiling the fun. Um, but it uh, does have an indicator of you've already tried this temperature, so you get to try everything. Hmm. Um, and just sort of like a story, you kind of get delve deeper and learn more about the insidious plot to take the town down or whatever, as you're sort of hatching these seeds for your army of monsters to fight the other monsters. Um, and you're just a dude, <laughs> uh, really weird, really weird game. Um, I would suggest emulating it more than playing it on the original PS PS one. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's, that's, that's it. I don't have much else to say about monster seed, but it was an interesting game. That's for sure. Dude. Yeah. I haven't seen many. Yeah. To be honest, it's, I think it's going to be very hard for anybody to get their hands on a PlayStation one game, let alone a working PlayStation. Oh boy, yeah. Best way to go about yeah, it is emulators. Just look up some gameplay and stuff from it. The monsters are just freaking Ford. weird. I rented that yeah. game from Blockbuster when I was nine years old. 
and I forgot what it was oh, called yeah. until just now. Oh my yeah. god. I had so much fun you... playing that for like a weekend. Yeah, so now you can emulate it and oh have fun god. again. Oh my god, I forgot what it was called. Yeah, Monster Seed. Monster Seed. It took me a minute to oh remember Oh my it. god, yes, play that game. I thought it was the shit when I was 9, 10 years old, however old it, I was in the very late 90s. Yeah, I was... Yeah, I was I was maybe twelve or thirteen when I played it. Um, I'm not sure that I played it when it was new. I don't remember how I got it. I know I Let's owned see. it. I don't remember. It was my sister was my youngest sister wasn't born yet, so it must have been 1998 or so when I rented it from Blockbuster. Yeah, that was the year it came yeah, out. Yeah, must have been. Mm. Yeah, my sister was born in middle of '99, and it was before she was born. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to have unlocked Pan's memories. You know, I was honestly almost about to confuse this with Monster Ranch, but no, no, this is completely no. Different. Don't no. This is not For the same thing. I... Monster Ranch is more in the farming simulator, yeah. I assume. Yeah. No. Yeah. For years, I've for never years I've it. had this game confused with Dragon Seeds. Mm. Which, if if you guys have played that, cool. If not, nobody like literally no one else has ever played that, as far as I've talked to. Yeah. Oh no, I I actually like Monster Seed. I'm not a I'm not really sure how well it it got a seven out of ten for GameSpot at the time, so it's it's a it's probably game. a game. Dragon Seed is definitely a game that would do better nowadays with better like game design. Like yeah. it's basically Viva Pinata, but they're all dragons. Oh, okay. Dragon Seeds. Anyways, for years I've been trying to figure out what Monster Seed was. Because I kept thinking it was Dragon Seed. But it's not Dragon Seed. <laughs> well, now you know! Yep. Now I know! Holy yep. shit, and I can go out and emulate that game. That's actually pretty awesome. Yep. I need to figure out if I can get myself a proper PlayStation emulator, so that way I can play some classics like that. <laughs> Alright, well, I think that's the end of our list, uh, everybody. We have 13 on this list. Mm -hmm. Is there anything we kind of felt like, eh, maybe it shouldn't go on there? Uh, definitely nothing on my list I felt was really out of the bounds. Uh, um, FTL was maybe not necessarily uh, within the bounds of our definition. Okay. So FTLs of maybe. I don't know. I'm okay with keeping it on. Oh, um, yeah, especially because it's, it's but the it, best $2.50 you'll ever spend right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, so many of this stuff is super cheap right now. Um, uh all right, so uh, what are we going to be talk about next time? Well, what's what's a uh, what's a genre that we have all played enough of because that didn't work so well oh. with action RPGs? Um. Well, we'll take some time with action RPGs, like we said. Um, we'll probably vi revisit this a, maybe a month or two, Ooh, and then sure. see how you guys do. I've got an idea. Um, how about first-person shooters? I'm okay with this because that would be the other one that I was super into doing. That is a very um, big genre, and there's no possible right. way we couldn't screw that one up. I mean, could screw it up. No. Couldn't screw it up, Anna. Um, now, what we'll do for that, Morg, is I think that for you, like, Pan, I know you're not as, as versed no. in, uh, in that one. there are two that I've played um, for, that I can for sure talk about. 
Oh. We will actually uh, more for this one. I'd say let's limit ourselves to like four each. Okay, I'll try. My, I'll try me. my best. And I, I, <laughs> take oh, take your top four. I guarantee one and, of mine is on your list. Oh man, sure. Unreal tournament? I mean, I have some. No. I have some weird ones. Okay, yeah, I can put that on the list. Then. No, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah, I, I I knew Goldeneye was. I knew Goldeneye was coming. Goldeneye would not make my list, honestly. Oh, really? But that's okay. Yeah, but what about all the cheat codes? Yeah. They were so fun. Like, you could play midget mode, invisibility mode, you had paintball mode. A- everything that Goldeneye does is my experience with the old Doom. Classic Doom. See, so, here's the thing. I've never even played uh, Doom. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. That has to be on the list as well. That's Doom okay. so good. And, and I think... I think, and in, in a lot in this case, I think a, a, some of these, I'm, we're going to talk about a series more than a single yeah, game. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, because, um, like, like um, I don't know any Call of Duty games. I know them by reputation. Oh, I just remembered another another shooter game I could talk about. Hooray. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay. I, I know, like, Call of Duty games are reputation. Really, what are the differences between Call of Duty... What like I don't even know what number. I mean, there there certainly there are some very I as, differences, but very small. It, as far as like I am a call, I do like Call of Duty, and I have played it many of over the years. There are enough differences to warrant them being different games. However, yes, they are nuances. Okay, I do agree with okay. that. Um, uh, I think the worst thing of like it's the same game every year is when some of the sports games don't me- update their mechanics oh, God. and they just update a roster. No, no, no. Fuck sports um, games. I think that's that. No, we're not going to get into sports games unless it's like alternative sports games that aren't like professional sports so, like, games. Blood Bowl. Like, and Mario yeah, Golf. Or like M- M- Mario Golf, Mario Kart. Oh, we'll just make a Mario, Mario sports game uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that'd be enough on its own. All right. Um, uh, but I think it wraps us up for tonight, guys. Um, we got under the two-hour mark this time. Oh my god! And we, and we spent like forty-five minutes on Fire Emblem Three Houses. Like I think we did pretty good. Oh wow! Um, so to wrap up, this is our list. There are thirteen on this list. So this is Final Fantasy Tactics, Fire Emblem, and I put OG for the Game Boy, uh, uh, Game Boy Advance, right? That is correct. Because if I correct. say just yeah, Game, Game Boy, Boy Advance. Um, Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, Fire Emblem Three Houses. So we got three Fire Emblem games, uh, which is, you know, a notable, you know, we're going to start looking like a Smash Brothers roster here soon. Anyways, uh, Pokemon Conquest, XCOM, we're going to say the remakes, both one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Into the Breach, Massive Chalice, FTL, maybe or maybe not fit this list, but I think we're going to run with it. Shadowrun Returns, Blood Bowl 2, Eye of the Beholder for the Game Boy Advanced, and Monster Seed for PS1. Um, all right. So this is Fort One again. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, and you can catch me at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter. I haven't been tweeting that much because I've been just gaming <laughs> more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but. Uh, I will see you guys in the next quest. And on that quest, where you be, more? Well, I'm going to be on Twitter posting all of my crazy Monster Hunter um, Iceborne and Monster Hunter GU stuff like I usually do. Mostly just funny mm-hmm. little quibs and quotes and stuff like that of me just, you know, slapping a rune or nerky gonti around like it's, 
a little bitch. Um, yeah, that was really fun. Um, and yeah, I've just probably beaten the crap out of Basil Goose because now Seething Basil Goose is like really fun to fight with, with Hammer, Heavy Bowgun, and Swax. Like, oh my god, it's so fun. Um, yeah, and I'll probably be, um, online also checking out people on Twitch, see how they're doing with all their hunts because they're all locked inside. Um... And, uh, yeah, helping out people, um, on so many different kinds of, uh, so many different, uh, discords, um, cause, uh, I'm, I'm like, I, how many, how many different kinds of discords am I in? Uh, Dude, what do you even do of? besides I think all discord? of us are in a like, lot. I think like 20. I think all of us are in yeah, a lot. Yeah, I think I'm like in Well, I'm like not 20. in that many. Yeah, I'm in 20. I literally, I pay attention to like I'm active three. on four <laughs> discords, my dude. And one yeah. of those is for school. Yeah, I'm active in about... <laughs> Like seven or eight of them, and so, yeah, I'm usually in there. So then I know, I know out. three of the four already. Then Pan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. No, yeah, and I'm not even counting my D and D Discord. But yeah, you guys can all always find me yeah. at at Morgan Hay three. Um, and yeah, I'll just be like you know scoping around, seeing if anybody wants to you know do any do any hunting in either GU or World. It really doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm probably also going to be getting into another game. It's called Stalker, if anybody's familiar with that Russian post-apocalyptic game. Oh, it's so good. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that was a video game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't um, want to be seem like a pervert, okay? I just don't, you know. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. You know where I'll be. Yeah, and Pan, where, where can we find uh, you? So you can find me on r slash D&D behind the screen. And also, I just bought uh-huh. Animal Crossing uh, last week, so if any of you listeners want to hang out in Animal Crossing, hit me up in the Hunter's Hub Discord. I have apples, and I'm looking for cherries. Awesome. Um, Isn't everybody? A little funny story. So a lot of my friends got Animal Crossing, and it's just not my thing. I've just never, never it has really to be so. It. it has to be your thing to really enjoy it. Yeah, so like they've been talking in in our little friend Discord about the game, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like I found another pear island." I was like, "I found an island full of demons, and I just ripped and tore my way through them." Oh, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And they're like, "One of my friends was like so upset because Tom Nook had like a really expensive loan to like upgrade his house, like ten thousand or something like that." Of course he did. And I was like, I would have I would have walked in there and ripped that little trash panda's head off his neck. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was, you know, actively playing Doom when he typed that, so. <laughs> I'm just playing Doom. Like, so much Doom. I, I love it. Alright, uh, thank you guys for listening, and have a good night.